wanted to do my master's in forensics. Like I had this whole life plan ahead of me. And I was like, um, actually, like, I just want to travel the world and write stories. Part of what I love about travel is like you meet these people around the way and sometimes, you know, they're in and out and they're just, you know, someone you met for a day or two. But some of my best friends are people I've met in hostels or on trips. My body that I spent so long hating is the same body that's allowed me to have all these incredible adventures around the world. The landscape, the city, the sceneries were absolutely beautiful. The men were awful. I have never been harassed so much in my life. I need to like find a way to share my experiences in a way that I feel is getting the message across without, you know, negatively reflecting on that country itself and the people itself. Just like part of this lifestyle has just become me learning to enjoy my own company and be comfortable with myself. And I think that can be a strength and almost a little bit of a weakness at some points too. I do feel like I can be too independent and too used to being by myself. I'm happy with where I am. Is it everything that I want in life? No, but I'm also like, if you were to ask me, what do you want in life? I'm still figuring that out too. Okay, I'm here with Hannah, Hannah Logan. And um, Hannah, I'm so glad that we're connecting. It's so awesome. Me too. I actually, I was going through Instagram stories this week and it was a year yesterday that we met. Oh my God. You know what? I, <laughs> I knew it was a year, but I know it was a year yesterday. That's Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's so funny. So cool. So we met in Jerusalem while we were waiting for a car to take us to Nablus, a city in Palestine. So yes. Talk about a different place to me, huh? <laughs> and uh yes it's funny because i mean every everything about that trip for me was absolutely amazing um you know i was there for one month in in israel and i absolutely loved it and specifically that one that one um place we went to in nablus i fell in love with it and i'm usually very very um talkative and very much want to know the people that i'm with and I feel that because I was so in awe by the whole experience and, you know, the, the, the region that is so challenging, we didn't get a chance to talk as much as I would have liked. <laughs> That's fair. It was a good day, though. Like, we did a lot and learned a lot. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I remember you were taking notes like crazy. And, and <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. you were like, you know, like, how can she type that fast? I'll get used to it but yeah no 100% I think I still have all those notes like somewhere on my phone or on my computer yeah yeah that was, was a good day it was a good day it was a great day it was a great experience and you know I was I was able to be there in Israel for a month um but you were there for about three months I think yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah so that so let's let's uh let's kind of like Let's break that down. <laughs> okay. Maybe let's break that so, down. Let, maybe let's break down like, because you know, you are, you are a, a travel writer. Well, you're a writer. You are a travel writer, but I think, I mean, most importantly, you are a writer. And you decided to embark um, many years ago on this journey of traveling, writing, um, and also being an, an, an advocate, I would say, or like a... a uh, very openly saying, um, being proud of being a curvy female writer. Correct. Yeah. So just maybe take me back and 
I, I now I want to now I have a million questions. It's, it's been a year <laughs> and for a year I've been following you on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Everything she's doing. So yeah, take me back. Okay. So, um, I mean, it all started, I graduated university and my plan was like to my undergrad, take a break, travel a bit, go back and do my master's. And I ended up getting a visa, going to live in Ireland for a little bit. That was 2011. Um, the economy in Ireland was absolutely terrible at the time. There were no jobs. So I discovered, you know, Ryanair and EasyJet and just like how cheap and easy it was to get around Europe. And I hadn't I hadn't been on a plane before that. Like I hadn't traveled at all. And I was just like, let's go. So I came home with $11 in my bank account a few months later. I never found a job. I just traveled. Um, And that kind of kickstarted because, you know, I'd never traveled anywhere. I was by myself. I met all these people. I did all these things. And, you know, that was pre Instagram, pre WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. And so I would email everybody and it was just like, typing out the same emails over and over again. I'm like, this is so annoying. I'm too lazy for this, mm-hmm. quite frankly. I'm going to start this travel blog for friends and family to follow along. Yeah. And I kept it up just like a journal almost for my stories and what I got to and where I was going. And it kind of just built a following with random people online. Mm-hmm. And as I continued over the years, you know, I'd work for a few months at home, save up my money, quit work, travel for a little bit. And more and more people followed and social media kind of sprung up and people were making money from this whole blogging thing. And I'm like, okay, like, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's see what we can do yeah, here. Yeah. Right. So it was 2017. Um, I had just spent four months in Southeast Asia and I was like, okay, 2017, like, this is my year. I'm going to give it a year and then we're going to see if I can do this or not. And I did it and it worked. I've been able to turn, you know, travel writing, the whole, you know, content creation, influencing with social media. I do some freelance writing as well into my business so that now I can work remotely. I live like the digital nomad life, um, which has been fantastic. And that is what led me to Israel for the first time in 2018. I was invited over there on a press trip. Mm -hmm with um it's called abraham tours oh yeah, yeah. And i've heard about them yeah yeah so i spent little little over two weeks and we did tours through israel tours through the west bank and palestine i went to jordan with them and it was very immersive very busy and to be honest i didn't like it <laughs> i was like okay wow. uh was like you know much? checked this off my list i yeah. guess i have no plan on coming back but was it what you didn't like it because it was too packed like too much too much movement it was it was really heavy and it was like politically charged religiously charged and i felt like no matter like every day was really busy and just like there's so much going on and i felt like i didn't really get a chance to enjoy because it was just like this constant onslaught of information. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I believe that, you know, like religion, obviously that is a part of the world and the politics I do believe are totally fascinating, but like day after day after day, and you don't really have time to process. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. Um, And I was also with, you know, a group of travelers. There wasn't necessarily anybody I like really clicked with in the groups. Like it just wasn't as fun as some of my other trips. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you can't love everywhere. Like I've been there. I've done that fine. But I do have a very good friend who at the time was just an Instagram friend, another blogger. And she had been to Israel 
several times at that point. Um, she'd done some archaeological digs there too. And she's like, no, like it's so fun. You need to come back. So I went back with her on another press trip opportunity in 2020. That was March. COVID hit. Mm -hmm. I was there seven days before I had to be evacuated back to Canada. But I saw like with her, with someone that like loved the country and kind of like, you know, get out of that tour guide situation. Yeah. Got to experience it. I was like, oh, this is actually a lot of fun. So I also made some friends there. Mm -hmm. It just basically through social media and me being like, oh, I'm looking like I'm going to get stuck in Israel during like the pandemic, what's (laughs) going on and people telling me what's going on. And it was really nice to have kind of that. So last year, 2022 in March, after about, you know, two years, Canada basically was in lockdown the entire time. It was awful. And I was like, I need out of here. I need some sunshine. Yeah, I, I need some even beach. I remember what, what the lockdown was like for you. I mean, you, were, you pretty much live, live like a nomad. You're somewhere all yeah. the time. And all of a sudden you were just there. Yeah, it was the longest I'd Which, spent by in the Canada way, because in a you are, because, Side note, because you are Canadian. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was just so long and I just wanted to go somewhere in Israel because they were one of the countries that had their vaccinations first, were opening up and becoming more normal. And I knew some people there and it was warm there from cold Canada. So I was like, I'm going to go. Um, so that's how I ended up there. I was originally supposed to be there for seven weeks, seven weeks turned into three months because, you know, I had my friends. I loved the life there. I did several tours over to the West Bank into Palestine, other than the ones we did, um, And it was, you know, it was once again, like we did a very political tour and I love that, but we actually had, you know, time to go back and process and think about it versus the first time I went where it was like day after day. You were able to experience, especially since you were there for so long, you were really able to experience the whole Israel, right? I mean, you were also partying and you were, I mean, you you, you had a little bit of everything and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, I think the longer you spend anywhere, no matter where it is, you're going to have a better feeling for it and have more of a chance and an opportunity to meet the locals. But I really think that being there in March when, you know, parts of the world were still shut down in some regards and people still weren't traveling yet. Like, I feel like I did get a more authentic, more almost like local experience because there were no really any tourists there. Yeah, like I felt yeah, like one right. in a million, yeah, you know, right. when, when we were there a year ago, it was, it was just opening up. So yeah, it wasn't, yeah. That, it didn't feel touristy. I remember even Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem is usually packed and it, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Like the old town, especially like the first time I went, I was like a sardine in the throng and there was no getting out of it. Like you were in with the crowd and you know, when we were there, you could just walk through the streets and take your pictures and nobody would be in it. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. I have this picture of the, um, I mean, during the day brought daylight on the, um, Via Dolorosa. It's like, what's it called in English? The, um, I can't remember, but anyways, it's like where, where, where Jesus walked. Jesus walked. Yeah, exactly. Empty, completely empty. And I have a picture of this one very famous road, completely empty. So yeah. And that's wild. Like we had such a unique experience to be able to have that. Yeah. I don't think that will, let's actually hope that never happens. I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. I'd rather have it packed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So then you you started traveling you i know you spent um some time there but of your travels 
like for you, which ones have been the the highlight? Like what what are those trips? And I know you just came back from Antarctica, and we'll have to go deep into that. But <laughs> but what what are the trips that for you have been like? Okay, this is why I love this. This is why I do this because I'm sure you also have some moments when you're like, okay, maybe like, it it can't be great all the time. Oh, absolutely not. Some days are awful. <laughs> I will be so honest about that. Some days are awful. I get homesick. I have spent nights in my bed just like crying myself to sleep because I'm so miserable. But then there are other times, you know, like to subscribe, like and share this podcast. Let's make this grow together. I just came back from Antarctica and that was, you know, somewhere I never, I figured I'd go one day. I figured I'd go when I was a lot older just because it is so expensive compared to so many other places in the world. But again, COVID, not traveling for two years, I was able to save some money. Um, actually ran it as a group trip with some of my followers and readers because I was just, you know, one day during the pandemic, just talking on Instagram stories, trying to keep up and, you know, stay like active. And I was just like, oh yeah, like Antarctica is one of my dream trips. And I'm so many people that are like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, oh, do you want to go? I have nobody to go with. Does anybody want to go? And I somehow ended up with 11 other people that wanted to go to Antarctica. And I was so lucky because they were amazing, but the trip itself was absolutely unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been to 60, oh my gosh, 63 countries now. Wow. 64. Something like that. 60 plus countries. Wow. <laughs> um, some of them several times. I've lived in a couple of different places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people said Antarctica, they're like, oh, it changes you. But then at the same time, other people are like, you can't have expectations because, you know, Mother Nature is queen there, right? Like everything depends on the weather, the conditions. And so it's kind of like this you're excited, but you're worried about being excited. You don't want to get too excited because you don't want to get let down. And I don't think we could have had a better trip. We, the goal for the trip, we had four days, like actually in Antarctica, around the Antarctica Peninsula. And the goal is to get um, two activities in a day. And ideally each visit, depending on where you go, you could do a landing and do a Zodiac ride. Because Um, because it's based on the weather, right? So you don't really know... You could be based on the weather. It's based on the ice. Yeah. Okay. Um, So like you could get there and have to turn around and go back if the storms are really bad, you know, like it's just a total crapshoot. But we got two things every single day and we saw three types of whales, a bunch of different seals, a bunch of different penguins. Like it was just like everything, every single day. And, you know, the first time everybody's like, oh my gosh, like humpback whales. And then everybody's like, oh, there's a whale by day four. And everybody's like, eh, yeah, like another whale. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, okay. oh my gosh, what world do we live in that we're like, oh yeah, just another humpback. Yeah, yeah. Because they're everywhere, you know? Oh, um, I saw pictures of the penguins. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. They're so cute and so clumsy and they smell really bad. Like that's really? one of the things the photos do not get through for me because <laughs> wow, vile. But they are so adorable. Okay, I seriously really don't it. know how you were able to manage not to like get closer and try to hold one. <laughs> because I, and I know you, I know it's absolutely a big no no. And I mean, and I. I I understand why, but that yeah. must be so hard. <laughs> I joked there was um, a man and a woman from a university in Tasmania on a research trip, and they were discussing Antarctica in terms of 
tourism and, you know, like responsible tourism and should humans be doing these trips to Antarctica or should we be staying away and like discussing with people their expectations? And they asked to interview me and I was like, sure. And he's like, what's your dream? And I I had a joke with my group the whole time. I was like, yeah, I'm going to stand still and the penguin's going to come and hug me. And I told that to him (laughs) and he looks at me and he's like, it's nice sometimes to have unrealistic dreams. I'm joking. <laughs> like, obviously. Yeah. Um, in the past, pre-COVID, people could just sit down on the ground and let the penguins come up to you. That was okay. Wow. But now, because of the avian flu, it's become such a problem and mm-hmm. spreading so quickly. We had, I mean, there's strict rules for Antarctica to begin with, but there was like, really strict rules in place we had to step in like this special solution and scrub our shoes and our boots every time all of our gear to be brought outdoors had to be vacuumed off and checked wow. before to make sure there was like no seeds no like dog hair and everything they checked for that wow. um so it's like very thorough and very like responsibly done I felt that's good about fabulous. it that's fabulous but, yeah. because I mean I yeah. think you you raise a good I mean it's a good a great question right I mean should should we be allowed there? Should we? And if so, like, should it be controlled? Maybe, I don't know, set amount of people get to go every year. It's, uh, I feel like everything as humans, it's going to sound very pessimistic, and I'm not someone pessimistic at all. But it feels like everything we touch, we ruin. <laughs> so it's true. So, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a little bit um, scary to think that, you know, there's still this area of the world that is quite pristine, virgin that hasn't been touched. Um, or not manipulated as much by us humans, should we be allowed to play with And that is, yeah, that is one of the biggest questions. But personally, it's really interesting because the ozone layer is thinnest over Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the trash in the sea still washes up even in Antarctica. So it's like, even without us being there, we've still touched it. You know what I mean? And that's not an excuse. Yeah, yeah to like not be cautious or anything, but it's like the idea of it being perfect and pristine. It's like, we have it away already kind of ruined it. Um, So for me personally, having just been, and I would say responsible travel and eco-friendly travel and just like life in general is important to me as just like a human being in my day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. But I do feel that since having been there and just like having these animal encounters and seeing what things like could be and should be, I find I'm even more aware and more cautious. So for me personally, like I feel like it was a good experience, but I'm not negating that, you know, going on a cruise ship and stepping on this land, even with, you know, my scrubs, clean boots and a special solution, I'm still disturbing the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's crazy. I mean, it's definitely a, a trip that I want to, I want to do. And with my husband, we've been talking about it. So he's from Uruguay. I know you were in Uruguay. Okay, yeah. yeah you were in, I just you were did a quick day over to Colonia del Sacramento, yeah. but it was so cute. It's, uh, that's my favorite, my favorite town in all of Uruguay, Colonia del Sacramento. It's so beautiful. It's so cute. It and, you know, it's a, I find it, it, it's such a special place. And it's so in the middle of nowhere, which I love. You know, it, 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 it's like this very remote place. And a lot of, a lot of people don't know about it. So that's all, all, always something special, I find. Yeah. And it was, I went as a day trip from um, Buenos Aires, which is like huge and sprawling and just like absolutely chaotic as any big city is. So to go from there, it's just like this little ferry ride and you go across and it's like this beautiful 
quiet. I'm like, oh, I should stay here. You know, it's like way more bye-bye. You posted a picture on Instagram and I was like, oh, I know exactly, like exactly where she's standing. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I love that. That's yeah, so funny. Really, really cool. So, okay. In all these years that you've been doing this, you have your, your places, your special spots. I'm sure that you're like, okay, like I want to go back there. What are those places like what are those places in the world that you're like okay I, I want to go back here and maybe I haven't been to these other list of countries that are on my bucket list that I want to that I want to go to but this uh, this place just calls me so much that I want to go back for me that place is Ireland which is kind of like where it all started and I think that's part of the reason why Um, and it's just to the point now that Ireland feels like my second home and, you know, I go through border security and they look at my passport and they can, you know, have a new passport now, but they can still see in the system how many times I've been. And they're like, Oh, welcome back. And it's just, you know, it's like (laughs) such a good feeling. And as primarily a solo female traveler, I've always felt safe there. I've always felt welcome there. It's easy. It's just, just really like warm. Like Ireland just has this feeling to me. And so it keeps calling me back. Um, I think I've been eight or nine times now. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Greece that when you're there, you spend some time there, right? I mean, you're not there for like a few days. You probably spend a good amount of time there. Yes, I have. So that was where like I lived, where it first started. And I'm still really close to one of my roommates and he is now married. I went to his wedding and he has three kids and I'm basically kind of like their aunt. Wow. And so every time I visit, I go to like a couple spots and places I like and then I'll spend about at least a week with them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, just the three little ones is pure chaos, mm-hmm. but it is like in the best possible way. You so know? it really, it really is like the second home for you. I and mean, you even have like, a, you even have family there. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's, it's so nice. And that's part of, part of what I love about travel. It's like you meet these people around the way and sometimes, you know, they're in and out and they're just, you know, someone you met for a day or two, but some of my best friends are people I've met in mm-hmm. hostels or on trips and you know I just went to a wedding in Portugal back in November and it was um she's one of my best friends and we met in a hostel in Thailand in 2015 and every year two years we meet up somewhere she scuba dives and I scuba dive we try to do like ocean adventures um we just spent six weeks in um 2021 in French Polynesia island hopping and diving and it was like the most incredible trip ever so cool and trying to plan something for this fall not sure yet but Mm. Yeah, that's so wonderful. So you were saying, of course, that you you feel very um, safe in Ireland. Are there any places where you haven't felt safe? So I went to Morocco in 2018. And I went with another female traveler who was about the same age as me. We were in our mid-20s at the time. And, you know, Morocco... It looks so beautiful, and it's a place that, like, so many people say to go. But if you're going to dig into it, it is also a place where a lot of women say that they do have a tough time. Mm. And I was stubborn, and I was like, no, like, I've traveled before. I'll be fine. I've been to Israel. I've been to Palestine. I went to Egypt with my brother, which is Mm. completely different. Um, And I was like, I'll be fine. I know what's happening. And Morocco... The landscape, the city, the scenery is were absolutely beautiful. The men were awful. Okay. I have okay. never been harassed wow. so much in my life. The first day I got there, I had a guy just like grab me in the street. 
Wow. Cat called all the time. Um, and it just got to the point where, like, as soon as it started getting, like, a little dark and everything in the evening, like, I would not leave the hotel. I was like, absolutely not. And I was miserable. And I hated that I was miserable because I wanted to love Morocco so much. But by the time I left, like, I just felt on edge and wary and just so uncomfortable with everything and everyone. And I flew from um, Marrakesh to Athens and then I was walking down the street in Athens. It was like 10 o'clock at night and I, I was nervous and I was scared and I hadn't felt like that before. And I had a group of guys behind me and I ended up calling one of my friends just to have somebody to talk to on the phone. And I was like, I've never felt like this anywhere before. And it wasn't like, it wasn't, I realized after it wasn't that, I was unsafe at the time. It was just, I felt so unsafe for the two weeks in Morocco yeah. that it was still just like ingrained in me. And I was just like on high alert and I needed wow. a couple of days to kind of process through that and just chill. So that was not the best travel experience. And unfortunately because of it, I'm like, why well, you have no interest in going back to Morocco. And you know, I'm, I would never warn people away again. Morocco as a country was beautiful. Like the food was fun. The experiences I had were great, but it's one of those places that, I wish I had, and I would recommend the other female travelers take yeah. a tour and have a guide. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's great that you mentioned it though, because you, you have a you have a large following. A lot of people, I think, that see your pictures, see your your travel experience, and you inspire them to go to different places. And as a female traveler, if you can say, look, if you're going to this specific region of the world or this specific country, just go, but be careful careful because this was my experience and i think that's great i mean yeah before oh, before uh, traveling i think as as female travelers it's something unfortunately that we always have to look at right because i can't think of men going online and checking is it safe for a man to travel to this x place yeah they don't they don't have to go through that but but we do it's the reality we do, and it's it's sad but it is like the reality and you know you have to also be careful when talking about these places like i had a bad experience in morocco that doesn't mean you would have a bad experience in morocco like everything is so individual and you know i say i love ireland i love greece you know i love israel and palestine other people might have bad experiences there so as a content creator as an influencer a blogger like whatever you want to call me i need to like find a way to share my experiences in a way that I feel is getting the message across without, you know, um, you know, negatively reflecting on that country itself yeah. and the people itself, because it's very much an individual experience. So it's definitely a little bit of a balance there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I try to be as honest as possible when I share based on my personal experiences. But then that's the place. Um, other than Morocco, you felt pretty safe of all the other 62 countries you've been to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's always some places where people will warn you against, you know, like pickpockets and that kind of thing. So you immediately feel just like a little more alert because of that. You know, Buenos Aires, uh, Rio, people warns me a lot about going to those two spots. Um Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City specifically, just as you know, you're just, you're a little more aware, but I would never say I felt unsafe anywhere. That being said, you know, I don't 
bar drinking and get drunk by myself. I don't walk around like dark alleys or anything by myself. Just the common sense, right? The same, if I'm not going to do it at home, then I'm not going to do it abroad. Yeah, make, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And okay, you've been doing this for a while. I'm sure you have a lot of other countries that you're looking to explore. Um, does it get tiring? Does it, do you, do you, do you ever have those days when you're like, why am I doing this? Um, because the reality also is you're missing out on a lot of things that happen back at home, right? And, and with family, with, with friends, how do you balance that? Like, how do you, how is that for you? It can be tough. Um, I've definitely prioritized the important things. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm privileged to be able to do that in that, I am, you know, I've managed to like save money and plan accordingly and can change my schedule like as needed, but I've, you know, I've come home between trips for a week so that I can go to a funeral that I felt I needed to go to. Um, I've adjusted plans to go to weddings that I feel like I need to go to and I'm lucky to be able to do that, but absolutely. You know, I just, my best friend had a baby in July And I hadn't seen him for a month. I saw him for the first time since September, just like a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he's huge now. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what happened? Like, I know babies grow, but I feel like I missed so much. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, like I missed such a big chunk of, but, um, you know, this is what I love. And I've worked so hard to find what I love and what makes me happy. And it does make me happy. And I do, you know, as I said, there's times when I get really homesick. Um, I've learned kind of like four months away at a time is kind of my max. At that point, I'm ready to like come home, see my family, see my friends, stay here for a little bit before I take off again. But, you know, I'm also here and I'm home for this time around. I'm here for two months and I'm bored. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I do have just like that different work style, that different lifestyle. I can yeah. drop everything and be like, let's go get lunch. Let's go get coffee. And everybody's lives are so much more structured than mine. So, you know, it's the same as it can be lonely abroad. And sometimes it can be lonely here, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's just like part of this lifestyle has just become me learning to enjoy my own company and be comfortable with myself. And I think that can be a strength and almost a little bit of a weakness at some points too. I do feel like I can be too independent and too used to being by myself, but you know, it's, it's growth. It's a learning curve and day by day, figuring things out what I want, you know, I'm 33 and I'm happy with where I am. Is it everything that I want in life? No, but I'm also like, if you were to ask me, what do you want in life? I'm still figuring that out too. And I think that's who isn't right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 41, almost 42, and I feel the same way. Like if you ask me what I want, I, oh, I'm still figuring it out. I, I feel that changes constantly with, you know, with with the, the more experiences you have, the more you live, the more you see, your perspective also changes a bit, and what you want changes. So I think it's just kind of like a continuous uh, growth. Let's call it. It's yeah, part of part of, part of being human. <laughs> exactly, part of being human. But let me ask you this: What happens when you are in a relationship? How are you going to manage that? 
that'll be something to figure out when I get there, I guess. Um, no, I do like, it surprises most people. I do want a family. I love kids. I do want kids with my own one day. And like for years, I haven't wanted that. I was very selfish in my twenties. I wanted to figure out what I wanted in my life. I wanted to figure out my work. And I feel like I've kind of gotten to the point where I have my stuff figured out. So it's like, okay, maybe that's the next step. Maybe I become more open to that. Um, obviously not the easiest thing in the world, given that I travel so much, but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of believe what's meant to be will be, and it'll work out. And in the meantime, you know, I'm not going to just sit around and wait for Mr. Right or Prince Charming or whatever the heck you want to call him to come along. Like I'll find him when I find him, if I do and make it work somehow. Yeah. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you'll make it yeah. work. Bring him along. Actually, you ha I've seen some, um, a more than a few, like travel blogs and all of that, of, of, of whole families that are traveling together with babies and it's, I mean, doing some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, part of me is like, that's amazing. I can do that too. And then another part of me, you know, I just said my friend had a baby and I love him to bits, but like, wow, the kid's a lot of work. And I'm just like, you guys are really like superheroes for figuring this out. But yeah. again, you know, it is a lifestyle. And if you want it, you're going to figure out how to do what you love with the ones that you love. So it's definitely possible. People do it. Kudos to them. Um, what will it be like for me? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But if, if that's, if, if let's say if that's not in the books, do you see yourself doing this forever? Um, it's hard. I think travel, I will, I will always want to travel. I don't know that I will want to live seven months out of a suitcase for the rest of my life. Um, you know, like right now I don't have my own home or anything and I have the savings and the funds set aside for when the time comes, I have a down payment for a house and I haven't reached that yet. But I think that one day I will want that. Um, you know, I think the pandemic and, you know, being on hold for two years, because that's what it feels like. I felt like my life was on hold for two years. I think that kind of um, almost like re-energized me in terms of traveling and wanting to see the world because, you know, you take things for granted and then suddenly it's taken away from you. It's just almost like that little fear, like, what if that happens again? And like, I want to get here and I want to do this and I don't know. I feel a little recharged after that. So I'm not ready to settle, but I do think that one day I will. Um, I don't think I'll ever go back to a nine to five job though. I like my freedom and my creating my own schedule did way too much. Did you ever have the nine to five job? I did. Um, for a few years, my background is actually in criminology and mm. a couple years at a university, I worked for a national victims organization that specialized in missing and murdered children. Oh my which, gosh. <laughs> yeah, wow. which is really, really heavy. Um, and, you know, it was, it was great, but it wasn't a job that I could leave at work. It came home with me because, as you can anticipate, there are definitely some horror stories. Yeah, sure. It sounds terrible. It sounds like you were having nightmares every day. I mean, that's, wow. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me in the long run. And I have so much respect for the people that can do that and stick to it, like superhumans right there. But it wasn't for me. 
Um, and I ended up just completely switching gears and going something more creative. I became a professional cake decorator. Oh, and I worked God. in a bakery for a few it. years. Okay, so from okay, wait, so from criminal justice to cake decorator, correct? Travel writer, correct? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, like the cake decorating was kind of fun. You know, it was in my early mid twenties and the busy season is obviously like the wedding season. Yeah. So summer through to fall and that's when they really needed me and winter, like late fall and early spring were quiet. So they let me quit like four times and then hired <laughs> me back again. So I would take my money. I would go and travel for a few months. I'd come back broke and be like, hi, would you like to hire me? And they'd be like, yes, we missed you. Please come back. Wow. Um, so that became a little bit of a cycle until finally I was like, no, like I'm trying this <laughs> working for myself. Thing. And I've been doing so that awesome. since. That's so awesome. So how does your family feel about your lifestyle? I mean, they must love it. Like, not they must not they must not love not having you around but they must be jealous as i'm sure many people are including myself and a lot of people that are hearing this that will hear this <laughs> it's 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 amazing but yeah how does your family feel about it super supportive which i appreciate so much because you know when you're at a university and you know like i have the university education and as i said like i was on track i wanted to do my master's in forensics like i had this whole life plan ahead of me and i was like um actually like i just want to travel the world and write stories and you're kind of like ooh, like is that really viable but my mom's like okay like you do your thing give it a go i'm gonna support you which was fantastic like she's been such a cheerleader and you know it worked out it's great she's absolutely envious of my travels my brother is not so much a big traveler but he's come with me to a couple places and i know he's jealous of a few things um but it's nice to, like i grew up with my mom telling me stories of scuba diving and going and exploring all these places and you know her stories of her trips to ireland when she was younger is what inspired me to go to ireland where everything started for me you know so that's a pretty cool tie and I've been able to bring my mom with me a few places. Sometimes we, um, just in uh, November, December, I brought her over to Europe and we did two weeks of Christmas markets oh, through Germany and France. That's and it was just, it was Champagne. really fun. Right. That's when There's, you were in Champagne. You were yes. in the Champagne region. I was so envious there. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You would love it so much. It was so fun. And I, I mean, I, it's embarrassing. I know nothing about wine and champagne. I just know that I really like it. Okay, that's enough. You love it and you were yeah. there, you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. And, you know, like, my mom went to Paris when she was younger. And she's like, I hate Paris. And I'm like, no, no, no. I love Paris. So we're going to Paris and I'm going to show you my version of Paris. Um, and now she loves Paris too. Oh, so that's, that's lovely. Okay. That's great also because I don't know who would hate Paris. She must have had I a have, very yeah. terrible experience there. Yeah, yeah. No, I've actually know a few people who don't like Paris. It's weird. I have this theory that you're either a London person or a Paris person. Okay, I'm both. So, oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm so both. I like that both. doesn't work with my theory. <laughs> I, I don't I'm dislike both. London. I'm just team Paris if yeah. I have to pick between the two, you know? Well, no, I actually, if I have to pick between the two, I would pick Paris. For sure. Okay. For sure. But okay. I do but I do like London a lot. I do like London too. I just don't love it the same, you know? But so um 
one of the things that I notice a lot on, on social media and just like how, how open you are about your curves. And I find <laughs> that beautiful. And I'm curious to know how you became so confident about it because I'm, were you always confident or how, how is it that you oh are my so gosh, confident no. <laughs> about it? It's, it's, it's fascinating to me because it's uh, it takes a lot. And I'm not saying because you are curvy because curvy, no curves, no curves. It doesn't matter. Being confident about our body is, is tough. It doesn't matter the, the shape the life size, of a woman like, yeah exactly i mean we're i feel we're never a hundred percent comfortable with what we have and being confident is difficult so were you always confident like how 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 was that how did was that journey for you of being i was not i feel like every other girl that grew up in the 90s uh, you know the whole nothing tastes as good as skinny looks and the double zero hip hugger jeans and you know everything's so tiny I hated my body I hid under the biggest baggiest clothes I could find I you know I refused to wear makeup for a number of years I just I didn't want people looking at me I, I hid Um, and I was still that way when I started traveling in my early twenties and I look back through my photos of when I live in Ireland and there are very few photos of me actually in them like wow. traveling anywhere it's just kind of yeah, like landscapes yeah. and at first like I didn't think anything of it because I didn't like photos of myself now looking back that's one of my re biggest regrets and I think it's really sad um but no I kind of kind of hit me I was in the south of France in 2014 and no sorry it was Croatia in 2015 so in Croatia in 2015 um And I was on the beach and it was like 40 degrees. It was like Celsius and it was just like so hot. And I'm sitting there in shorts and a black t-shirt with my swimsuit underneath. And I would just like run into the water, go out and like immediately put my shorts and t-shirt back on. And it's hot. Like the water's not refreshing. I'm hot and I'm sitting there in black and I'm just like sweaty and gross. And I'm looking around me and there's this Croatian grandmother on the beach chasing her little toddler grandson and she's running around in a bikini and she is you know she's an older woman and she has an older woman's body and she could care less and the people around could care less and I was just like watching her thinking like this is great grandma running around on the beach and then I'm like she's in a bikini nobody cares and I'm like here I am feeling self-conscious of how I look. And I probably look like an idiot in all black in a t-shirt and shorts <laughs> on the beach when it is this freaking hot. Yeah. If anything, yeah. people, if anything, people were probably saying like, why is she dressed? Like, why is she dressed this way? Exactly. Hot. Exactly. And I'm just like, that was just kind of like, just like a little like click in my head. And I'm like, wow, like this is really me in my head. Nobody cares what I look like yeah. here. You know, everybody's just at the beach. And so I got a little braver in that regard in that, like, you know, I took off the cover up mm -hmm. and then, you know, it was like a year or two later, just looking through a bathing suit online and I saw this bikini and it was like when high-waisted bikinis were coming in and I was like, it's really cute. And I kind of like sneakily bought it thinking like, I'm never going to wear this. But then I took it with me and I wore it on a beach in Bali and people complimented it. And I was like, okay, like we're, we're getting somewhere yeah. with this. And slow progression from there you know like 
the industry has changed a lot too. Plus size clothing is becoming more available. Like brands have expanded their sizes more. It's becoming, you know, cuter or sexier or more in fashion compared to what it used to be as well. Like the world is adapting, the industry is adapting, and I think we're adapted with it. But it has definitely been, um, you know, slow, a slow, steady growth. And there are still, you know, I post bikini pictures online now. I've done, I've worked with some companies for lingerie and done like, you know, some body positive campaigns for that. And there's still days I look in the mirror and like, I absolutely hate what I see, but I've learned to recognize now that I'm just having like a bad day and you know, it's, it's fine. It'll go away later because you know, this body that might not be perfect by somebody's standards and might get, you know, the attention of the internet trolls because that always happens. Do do you Um, get that? Is that a thing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Not so much on Instagram. Instagram's okay, but like TikTok is actually the worst for it. And people are so mean. I, I would not want to be a teenager online these days because wow. Um, but yeah, you know, like my body that I spent so long hating mm. is the same body that's allowed me to have all these incredible adventures around the world. That's so wonderful. And yeah, even like, I think that more than anything else is what kind of like let me to love it and appreciate it. I'm like, well, I can't hate this thing that's given me some of the most incredible memories of my life, you know? So again, still a work in progress, but, but, but I think you know, it's, it's getting there. Work, it's a work in progress for all women. I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent. And, and right now, you know, when you were saying you, you sometimes look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you see, I'm like, I think we all have that. We all yeah. have that regardless of, of everything, right. Regardless of our shape, regardless yeah. of everything. I think it's just so ingrained in us, this perfect figure, this perfect, uh, um, um, example of what a woman should look like and i'm i'm very short for example i'm uh, yeah. a meter i'm a meter 50 right and okay i'm a meter 50 that's that's tiny and it's so interesting to me to see how so many people are like oh you're so small you're so small i don't feel small i feel exactly the same as everyone else and when i hear that now it doesn't bother me but i remember being younger and and you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're so small, you're so small, you're so tiny, you're so tiny. It's not great to keep on hearing you're so tiny because then you start yeah. feeling tiny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what we hear that is just ingrained in us. What do we see? Like, what is normal? What is normal? Really? Exactly. You know, and you read all these articles these days about like the average size of women's bodies. And it's just like, well, if the average size of a woman's body is like a 14 or a 16, then why do so many brands still stop at 10 or 12? Mm. You know, and like, who is deciding this normal? Because as you said, like, what what is normal? We are this world full of billions of people. Nobody is the same. Everybody is different. Why is there these expectations to fit into this normal just seems kind of ridiculous sometimes yeah and and in a way normal also can become so boring right i mean let's let's uh, appreciate that we are different let's celebrate our differences that's uh, i'm sure that's something that you've seen so much in your travels you're you've been exposed to so much to so many languages to so many different walks of life and and if anything we should be celebrating our differences in in 
in, in every aspect, not just physically, but also culturally, um, um, religiously, in, in, in every sense, we should be celebrating that. Absolutely. I don't travel to countries that are, you know, because I want to see more of Canada. I want difference <laughs> in like every regard you discuss, different food, different people, different culture, different buildings, different yeah. landscapes. I, that's what we want. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We Different is good. Yeah. I'm going to have a sip of wine now. <laughs> Do it. Yes. I know you're having your water. Uh, good. That's okay. Good. I know. So boring. No, not what, boring. What wine are you drinking? So I'm drinking a Pinot Noir from Santa Barbara. I actually, look, I opened a, a small bottle, like me. <laughs> Speaking of small. <laughs> I opened a small bottle and I'm having a beautiful Pinot Noir from, um, yeah, from Santa Barbara. So that's in... Uh, in here in California, it's like a like a what like five hours from San Diego. Okay, nice. Past LA, it's a really nice. Okay, area. actually, have you been to California? I have not, other than that's, just that's, like a that's quick stop crazy. at the airport. You've, been, you've literally been to 60, 63 countries, and you've not been to California. I know. I was laughing with a friend the other day. So I live in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was laughing with a friend the other day. They posted a picture of Niagara Falls, which is like maybe an eight hour nine hour drive from where i live like the same province it is not far and i've never been <laughs> and i'm just like i just went to like brazil and argentina and sayaguasu falls from both sides but i have not been to niagara falls which is in my own province and drivable you know that's crazy yeah i need to i'm i'm really bad i need to do more in north america for yeah. sure but it's kind of that mindset too. It's like, it's there, it's your backyard. And you know, like it is huge for sure. But again, like when you can drive places, I would rather squish myself on the plane for 30 hours <laughs> while I'm in my 30s, not in my 60s. Hey, and it's like sense. old and hard. That makes sense. You'll always be able to drive the eight hours to Niagara Falls. So uh, <laughs> exactly. It'll be, it'll be, there. It'll be there later. Yeah, it'll Hopefully. be a little bit tougher to get to other places. Actually, speaking of that, do you always fly with the same airline? Or do you, like, do you try to collect points? Do you get upgraded at this point? Because you should. Oh my gosh, no, I wish. Um, so I am very much, especially when I wasn't working, um, for myself and was, I had to be like more on a strict budget because I wasn't earning money as I was traveling very much based my travels on where I could find cheap sales yeah. and cheap tickets. Right. So it'd be like me like now kind of scanning ahead of her phone and be like, Oh, look, cheap flights to Hong Kong. Guess I'm going to Asia kind yeah. of thing. Now I have like kind of more plans about where I want to go um, because I do some finance writing on the side as well. I'm kind of into the points game and credit card hacking and stuff. So I play that. Um, but now I have never been upgraded or flown first class. And I feel like, I feel like that would kind of spoil me to be honest. Yeah, because I think, honestly, I think it would. I've only, I've only, it's only happened to me twice that I've been upgraded and wow oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you see just like even on social media you see the videos and stuff and it's like how do you go back to economy exactly. after that? like how that i would just sit there like i just i just know that i'm just gonna be squished in my seat and miserable for like eight hours ten hours whatever it is but when i get to the other end it'll be fine well, it'll I'll be worth tell it you this, because i'm 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 so short that's actually something that is great when traveling because 
Oh, I, yeah. I don't suffer that much on flights, even like super long flights. I mean, I, I'm stretched all the way. No problem. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm tall for a woman, I guess, but I'm like not super tall. And I have been on some flights where my knees are digging into the seat in oh. front of me. And I was on, um, actually just coming home from Paris. I was on an Air Canada flight. And the guy in front turns around. He's like, this is really uncomfortable, whatever you're like doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm sitting. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. I'm sitting. Those are my knees. Trust me, it's not comfortable for yeah. me either. And like he switched seats with his girlfriend. Like apparently she should be more uncomfortable than he should. I don't know. Oh. It was the weirdest thing ever. But I was like, I'm actually just existing. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh that's crazy. Well, how yeah. tall are you? Um, five, eight. I don't know what that is in meters. Canadians are weird. We do like feet for heights, but then like kilometers for distance. We do a mix that's, of the measurements. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. So speaking of like uh, traveling and all, um, it's interesting how you were saying, you know, like all the different experiences we have in traveling and I think traveling really changes your life. Like it has the potential to change your life in so many ways. And I, so I met my husband traveling. I met him. Oh, at a I didn't hostel. know that. I love yeah, that. yeah. I wanted to share it because I think it's such a. I know you you don't know that, and it's such a great travel story. Because we met traveling. It was my first time in Europe. I was backpacking. He was backpacking, and we met in Prague at a hostel. I love that. Yeah, and that was uh, almost seventeen years ago. So it's uh, it's really crazy because yeah, traveling has the potential to really change your life in so many ways absolutely so like there's there's a few stories like that and i love it so much as i told you like i've met some of my best friends traveling maybe my future soulmate yeah, or husband traveling that. that could hey, be, that could be happen hey and honestly it's more likely you'll meet him traveling on the road than off the road a hundred percent i actually like hilarious story i went to a magic man when i was in bali mm -hmm. in 2016 and it was just almost like kind of went for shits and giggles you know because like the whole eat pray love thing and it was like such a thing these balinese magic man and i don't really believe in all that but i'm like i'm gonna go i want the stories like something cool to write about something yeah. cool to experience so i did my research i found this guy he read my palm and i'm sitting there going like because this is at the point where i was thinking of quitting my like the day job that I had in going full time. And I want to talk about like work and my future. And you know, the dark side of me is like, does he know how I die? Mm. And he's obsessed with my love life. And of course I was like, I'm in my selfish stage. I'm all about me. Like, I don't care about that. And he's like, you've missed out on two chances of love. Oh my I'm like, gosh. Well, that sounds very dramatic. <laughs> um, but okay. Apparently I've missed out. There's not much to do about it. <laughs> and he's like, you have, one more big one coming up and if you choose you can have two children with this man and you will like live happily and stuff he said but you know like you need to choose that you need to be more open blah 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 goes to this whole thing so i was like okay and it was a joke when i came home i was like look mom love grandkids one day apparently i'm gonna meet somebody when i'm 32 well like that was kind of a big chunk of the pandemic right yeah. <laughs> just like um quality's magic man <laughs> something happened here like, why did you not warn me about the pandemic yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, no, as I said, like, I'm 33 now, so I'm like, so either I missed out or maybe we're just, like, two years behind because of the pandemic. I don't know. Two years behind, you know, that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but no, that was for years. I was like, don't worry, Mom, when I'm 32, and I was like, ooh, right about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. So what's next? Where, Where are you going next? So I'm actually going back to Israel, funnily enough. No way. Um, oh, my God. I'm so yeah. jealous. Yeah, I'm going to be following your stories, and I'm going to be so jealous. Uh, a month from today. A month, well, five weeks, actually. Five okay. weeks from today. Um, so, yeah. So one of the girls that I met while I was living there, I became really good friends with her, and she's getting married. Okay. So I'm going to her wedding. And I'm spending a couple of weeks there, and I'm hopping over to Egypt with a friend and doing some diving. And then I'm going to Greece for about a month. I have another group trip. We're doing some sailing. Oh, that's so cool. And then I'm going back to Israel for another wedding for another friend that I met while I was there. Wow. This one in Jerusalem. So yeah, it's kind of funny. That's so cool. So I've actually been following the news on Israel and I see it's a very challenging Oof. right now. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty yeah. tough. It was so crazy when I, um, when I, I mean, when I left, things got pretty pretty crazy and i remember you saying how there was a there was a stabbing or shooting something while you were in tel aviv at one of the bars and that was the area where i was staying at when i was there so yeah it was a it's it's so it's such a crazy crazy region of the world and so beautiful at the same time i mean i only have i only have great things to say about it and i i almost hate um bringing up the the challenging things that we faced while we were there and the ones yeah you know, but because i don't want people to not go due to that um but yeah it's uh no, agree but it's real it is no and that was that's one of my things of being there because living in that part of the world and being there for so long and sharing content on whether it was israel or palestine wherever i was at the time was the most difficult you know online experience in my career as a content creator i got hate messages daily it didn't matter what i said it didn't matter where i was somebody was angry at me somebody was like aggressive and you know there were a couple nights where i like actually went to bed with like tears like crying like i was just so upset um you know i had long-term followers that hated what I shared and stopped following me after following me for a couple of years. And, you know, that was disappointing, but I'm just like, it, it is what it is. Um, I had someone who was there who I thought was my friend and she took offense to, she was Israeli and she took offense to the fact that I would go to Palestine and share Palestinian stories. And I lost that friendship and, you know, that sucked too, but I don't have, you know, the room for the hate or the racism. But like you said, like it is such a beautiful part of the world and growing up, in Canada, I I honestly thought it was like a war zone all the time. And I'm like, why would anybody ever go there? And there's difficulties there. There's issues there. Like, yes, I was in a bar five minutes from the shooting in Tel Aviv and it was awful. And it was one of the scariest experiences of my life. But I'm going back. I didn't feel unsafe yeah. there. Like I felt more unsafe in Morocco where men are grabbing me in the streets, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So, you know, you can't, you have to acknowledge that it's complicated there, mm-hmm. but it's so much more than that. And both Israel and Palestine are beautiful and full of amazing people. And that's kind of like my goal and what I want to share when I go. It, it's so fascinating. And I can't wait to follow your stories. And now that you're going back, are you going to Palestine as well? I hope so. 
Um, there's, you know, I think Janine is still blocked off. Okay. Um, and there's been some issues in Nablus as well as recently as today. So I kind of need to see what the political climate is there at the time. But I did, um, when I was there last time, I did East Jerusalem. And I also did like the Gaza border tour, which was really, really fascinating as well. Um, I did a Bethlehem tour, did Nablus. That was the one I did with you. Um, I'd been to Jericho before on a previous visit. I'd been to Hebron before on a previous visit. So like obviously have not seen it all. I've been to kind of like the main sections where you would go. So I don't feel like, I'm not sure if there's any other spots that they do kind of the political tours Mm -hmm. to. I'll have to keep an eye out and see. Um, But yeah, I I would like to go back and do that again, but we'll have to wait and see what things are like. It's such a, it's such an amazing region. Such an amazing region. I, I can't wait to go back. It was such a, it made such an impression on me just, uh, you know everything the the seeing especially jerusalem was um i find it so fascinating that there's this one small place on earth where so many different religions collide and that they protect and love and are obsessed about this small (laughs) yeah small area it's a it's just so fascinating so fascinating yeah no it's Something to be experienced for sure. Yeah. I think everybody, if they have the opportunity, should go and kind of see it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I still have so much that I want to ask you and like talk about and and all, but uh, but I know you have to work. <laughs> you have to work tomorrow morning. And thank you for taking the time. This was great, and uh, I'm gonna continue to follow you. Um, I absolutely love just how you post so openly and so um so you're so real you're so real thank and you I appreciate that because you know i mean the the social media the internet world it, it's so full of um manicured content yeah and yours is it not is. yours is the real deal i actually i really one, appreciate that I think once you posted and you were like crying or something i like yeah, I remember oh, probably. like that, and but I love it because it's real, and you really do make your your followers feel like they're traveling with you and they're experiencing this, and that's great. And just to hear how you were able to build this life for yourself, it's truly, truly um, something to admire. It, it really is. Tomorrow's uh, um, Women's International Day, and I'm I'm so glad that we're yes. recording this now because it's uh it's it's really a thing to admire how you managed to have a dream and make it a reality and live the dream. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you. I hope I get to run into you somewhere and we can have a glass of wine and catch up in person. Yes, that would be so cool. Maybe <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> yes. Come to Niagara Falls. It's a wine area too. Yeah. You guys have a great wine. You guys have great wine regions. There's lots, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll actually, with my husband, we'll be in Vancouver in uh, May. We've never been, so yeah, we'll be in Vancouver. Oh, okay. I'll have to send you some tips because yes, that's a really do. fun city. Yes, please I will. Send me tips. I will. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it was lovely to connect with you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>